You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories because we're wheezing the juice, buddy, to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies, TV, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, gobble, gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> gobble, gobble, bitches. <laughs> I was not expecting the, the Polly Shore reference so early on. I cracked myself up and barely finished it. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, damn. Yes, we're back after our Halloween special for our Thanksgiving special. And, of course, we'll have a Christmas special coming up later in the year as well. But for now, we're going to keep the spooky train rolling, just like we've been promising for the last couple of months, and just focus on you know horror-themed episodes all the way to the end of the year. So we're going to do something a little interesting. It is spooky themed in a way but i think it's going to be pretty fucking bizarre and so we're going to do our thanksgiving special but we're also going to do a love letter to one of the vhs eras probably most uh undeserving stars (laughs) (laughs) yes but but also a much love much love icon and that is the one and only Polly shore the weasel yeah this this is gonna be weird it's going to be fucking weird, yeah, and we're going to get into the weirdness, but just like a little preamble about like kind of where we're going to go with Polly Shore. Because it's Thanksgiving season, I was thinking about what are the Thanksgiving movies that we watch every year? Because, you know, we talked a lot about Halloween movies. We watch a lot of spooky movies around you know October, and then there's also Christmas movies that a lot of people watch every single year. They have their holiday classics, but I feel like Thanksgiving is one of those U.S. holidays that's a little weird. It's kind of stuck in the middle. Like, people in my neighborhood are already decorating everything for Christmas, and it's like Thanksgiving kind of gets lumped into Christmas, I think. It's all like sort of like a pseudo-holiday, and yeah. it doesn't really get the respect it deserves when it comes to Thanksgiving-based movies, right? Totally agree. I, I honestly only have two that I watch every year, and that's uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and Blood Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Blood Rage, okay. <laughs> one of my favorite Thanksgiving horror movies, the one that annoys it. Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and of course, we're, pretty soon we're going to get the real uh, Eli Roth Thanksgiving movie that was yes. – you know, the the actual realization of what was originally a parody uh, trailer in Grindhouse that we fleshed out into a, a, a full-length movie with uh, Michael O'May last year for the 2022 Thanksgiving special. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I really only had one for the longest time, which was Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. And it took me a while, for some reason, it took me a while to realize that my favorite Polly Shore movie is also a Thanksgiving movie, which is Son-in-Law. Mm-hmm. I, and I love Son-in-Law. I say my favorite Polly Shore movie because I do like Encino Man better, but he's a supporting cast character. Yeah, it's, it's not movie. his starring role. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to starring Polly Shore movies, I do think that Biodome is grossly underrated and funny <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> I definitely quote that movie more than I should all these decades <laughs> later, you know, like, can you cork it? 
that fucking movie. I haven't seen it in so long. I gotta oh, rewatch God, it. I know. And I, I actually do enjoy In the Army now as well with David Allen mm-hmm. Greer and uh, what's her name? Lori Petty. I think mm-hmm. that's actually, again, better than people give it credit for. But Son-in-Law was, I think, his shining achievement as a as a starring vehicle. It's a great movie. It holds up. It's got a great fucking cast. And I still watch it every year. And I, like I said, when I said it holds up, I legitimately believe that. I think the fashion, the acting, the storytelling, hell, even the music is kind of timeless. Like, it doesn't feel like a dated 90s movie. It's certainly a 90s movie, but it doesn't yeah. feel like a lot of 90s movies feel when you're like, oh, honey, you know, like, this didn't age well, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had that experience more than I care to admit, because it's like, oh, I love this movie. Oh, wait, why did I love this movie? <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you're like, I still enjoy it, but it's, ooh, like, the soundtrack, the the fashion, mm-hmm. like their really lame attempts at trying to think like what would be like edgy or like on the cutting edge of technology, you know, it's like they get it all wrong, you know. <laughs> zoom, enhance, zoom, exactly. enhance. <laughs> well, I, and I think of Hackers. Hackers is my perfect example mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. absolutely fucking love that movie. I love it. I watch it repeatedly all the time, at least once a month, like legit. I love that movie, but it is painful it is like cringe inducing when they talk about the technology because even at the time it was kind of stupid and like fake but all these years later and i work in technology so when i hear these characters talk it's literal gibberish (laughs) (laughs) yes and no i totally agree i love hackers but yeah it's dated as fuck for sure so Here's what we're going to do today, and I got to give a little bit of background, so I know not everyone likes the, the long wind-ups to the actual storytelling, but this one I think needs it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it gonna absolutely be does. <laughs> Originally, my idea was for us to do a Thanksgiving special where we just did a son-in-law riff of some kind. We say, hey, let's bring Polly Shore. Like I said, he's like an icon of the VHS era, super famous uh, at the time one of those dated 90s things we were just talking about. Your PC got harshed, right? Because your system heap sent the wrong parameter. So I toasted the dated directory, tweaked the PRAM, and reglazed your subroutine. And I thought it would be perfect and we could do a Son-in-Law 2 or make it like a remake where it was a horror movie or something. Like, let's riff on it. But it didn't wasn't really coming together. It was just kind of a one, you know, a one-dimensional idea. Mm-hmm. And then, as we were talking, one of us said... I don't remember, you know, who, because um, all the ideas get tangled together. But one of us said, hey, what if we did a National Lampoon's Thanksgiving vacation? Because, mm-hmm. of course, Christmas Vacation is one of those classic holiday movies that I, for one, definitely watch multiple times every, every December. Oh, hell yeah. And so that seemed like it could be fun. And so because of that, I had to go back and watch the 2015 Vacation Requel? Is that what it is? Like, it's kind of a remake, but it's also a, a definitely a sequel, even though it has the same title as the first movie. Yeah, it's it's like it's that that legacy sequel that they've been doing for a while, where they're like, let's pass the torch to a new generation, but we're still going to have the old generation, and it's, and it's going to be connected, but this is like, this is the new one. It's kind of like what they did with the new Scream movies, where they're like, all right, yeah. Scream 4 kind of ended it. And Scream 5, we're just going to call Scream, but we're going to do a legacy sequel, and we're going to knock off some of the old characters and bring in a bunch of new characters. It's the same concept. So, yeah, with with the 2015 Vacation, it was totally a requel. Yeah, I I, I agree. And it turned out to be a really good movie. I loved it. I like all the Vacation movies. 
Um, I probably like it more than I should because they're not all that great. Um, the only one I'm not crazy about is Christmas Vacation 2, where yeah. Eddie goes to an <laughs> island. <laughs> That's a little weird. We just pretend that one doesn't exist. That's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Chevy Chase isn't in that one, so never mind. <laughs> yep. <You know? laughs> um, and ironically, I think actually the original National Lampoon's Vacation from 83 is my least favorite movie in the series. I I know a lot of people don't like Vegas Vacation, but I thought it was awesome. I, did, I thought they did a great job with that. See, I, I agree. I, I do love Vegas Vacation, but see, for me, flip the two. Like, Vegas is my least favorite, although I still love all the movies. So it's like it's kind of like with the Marvel movies where I'm like, you know, I have certain ones that are lower down, but I still enjoy all of them that I've seen. So it's yeah, the same, same kind of concept. I even like Thor 2 and Iron Man 3. Yeah, about half of it's good. So it's, yeah, we'll we'll give it a pass, you know. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I love Christmas Vacation. I love European Vacation, but I love them all. So I definitely was stoked about doing a continuation of that John Hughes series. But I couldn't get Polly Shore out of my head. Like it was like as soon as it came up, it was like ah, oh, we have to do a Polly Shore episode, even if it isn't this spooky season, even if we save it for, you know, season three coming in 2024, but we have to do something with Polly Shore. And I couldn't get it out of my head. So as we were talking, bouncing the, the ping pong ball of ideas back and forth, <laughs> somehow we just kept like rolling up new and new layers to this weird meta onion that we're going <laughs> to get into and try to peel apart to mix my metaphors. Uh, and it got real, it got so weird that I knew we instantly that we had to do it. No matter how hard it was going to be to figure out, we had to because something this weird just has to exist. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> okay, so the idea here is that we're going to do the next installment in the Vacation series. So we're going to do National Lampoons, or actually it's not called national lampoons anymore they dropped that with vegas vacation so i guess this is what the sixth movie and it'll be the thanksgiving vacation i do think we should do that we should stick to thanksgiving vacation as kind of a callback to christmas vacation and you know we'll let's basically just pretend that this is a movie that is getting made in hollywood it's going to have the same like writer directors the same cast ed helms coming back as uh, rusty with his family and we're, but we're we're gonna like literally just you know shoehorn Polly Shore in there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and, and it's gonna get real fucking weird. So I feel like I kind of need to explain the the angle before we get into it because I feel like if I don't and we all we're just like oh hey by the way you forgot this like screenplay framing device that's <laughs> gonna get like hard to follow so do you agree do should we just kind of like explain hey here's here's the approach that we're taking yeah I I think that would be the easiest way because then uh, if if we just start jumping into this I think it might get a little hard to follow yeah yeah I agree so um, I wrote a bunch of notes down about. Polly Shore and you know who he is and the vacation series and all that. But I'm just gonna skip it and assume that anyone listening to this show knows, you know, what what these are. Like you know who Polly Shore is, you've probably seen Son in Law and Seen of Man, you know the Vacation series. So we're gonna kinda skip through that. But I do want to talk about the the third major element a little bit, which is the screenwriter Charlie Kaufman. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is where it's like, if you're listening, and if I were listening to this show, at, you know, and not a part of it, I would have been like, "The fuck," you know? How does, <laughs> yeah. How, how does Charlie Kaufman come into this? And so what happened was, as we were bouncing ideas back and forth, trying to figure stuff out, it was like, "Hey, son-in-law, to you know, National Lampoon's." Thanksgiving vacation like well what else like what's something else we can do maybe with Polly Shore and the idea of like being John Malkovich except it's being Polly Shore came up <laughs> yep <laughs> and again I couldn't get that shit out of my head like oh that's so good but I don't know that there's enough there to do a whole episode it's kind of a one note idea of like haha that's funny it would be it would be hilarious to kind of you know do being John Malkovich too being Polly Shore <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and and everybody's be, just the weasel <laughs> yeah it's, oh god yeah that one scene where he like falls inside his own head and then everybody's munching on some grindage <laughs> <laughs> malkovich malkovich weasel 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 oh god oh maybe i don't know maybe there is an episode there but <laughs> but Charlie Kaufman is my favorite screenwriter in Hollywood. I think movie for movie, he has the best uh, track record of writing some weird ass shit that is like critically acclaimed, really fun to watch. So he did John being John Malkovich. He wrote that uh, screenplay. He wrote adaptation. I think probably most famously eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. That's probably his biggest movie. I think his most critically acclaimed movie that I personally don't fucking understand the love for is Synecdoche, New York, but man, film critics I've never seen it. Yeah, film critics and like film students just, you know, get all hot and bothered thinking about Synecdoche, New York, but like it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, which is why I watched it because I love him, but the whole time I'm just like, I don't know, dude, this is this is stupid. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he he's known for wacky approaches to screenplays these weird you know meta textual and meta fictional layers to things and so what i immediately thought of after being john malkovich was no not being john malkovich that's the wrong charlie kaufman movie to kind of imitate the right charlie kaufman movie to imitate is adaptation which is also my favorite one of his <laughs> and this this is a wacky movie in and of itself so if you haven't seen adaptation or you don't remember it's a movie where Nicolas Cage stars as Charlie Kaufman, the screenwriter, as well as his own identical twin brother, who doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> and it's a it's a screenplay about Charlie Kaufman getting a job to adapt a book called The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean. And he can't figure out how to adapt it because there's not really much of a plot. And so he, instead he writes a screenplay about himself trying to adapt this book into a movie and then all of the weird thoughts that he has along the way, and he just introduces all these weird, like, fictional elements, like his, you know, made-up twin brother, who's also a screenwriter for some reason. But then there's also real people, like the cast of being John Malkovich, who shows up at one point because he's, like, on the set of that movie, and Robert McKee, the the writer of Story, probably, like, the most famous, like, screen writing how-to book out there that brian cox plays him in the movie so there's all these weird layers of like yes he really did adapt this book that is a real book i read it i actually think it's pretty good but then he was like this is a boring movie so i'm just gonna put a bunch of wild shit and it becomes a movie about the act of screenwriting more so than it is about this orchid book you know <laughs> right 
and so I just really like the 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 layers of, and the mixture of like real life stuff with these fictional things. And sometimes you can't tell what is real or not. I literally had to go and look up and see if he had a twin brother or not when it was over because <laughs> I'm like, really? So yeah, so here's the idea. We're basically going to pretend that you and I are Charlie Kaufman. So that's the first meta layer. And we are writing a screenplay about a IRL event that happened where Polly Shore tried to be involved in a vacation sequel and things went terribly wrong, except what happened in real life wasn't that exciting. So Charlie Kaufman like punched up the script and introduced a bunch of like bizarre ass things. And so in our version of Polly Shore trying to make a comeback and be in the vacation sequel, like things are going to go really strangely. <laughs> They're going to go horribly bad. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so it's a weird like layer. Like It's like we're pretending to be a real guy pretending to write a screenplay about a real event that wasn't actually a real event, but there are like real actual actors involved trying to make a movie that like could actually happen, but we're just making it up. And then we're going to throw in like weird curveballs. So it's like, there's so many layers to the onion that it's, it sounds confusing, but I I'm up for the challenge. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I think, I think this is, this it's, it's a weird setup to a story, but the story will be a lot of fun to do. Yeah. hundred so. percent. So because of the, all the layers, we had to work out some of the details ahead of time, but I think um, once we kind of get into it, there's still plenty of room for the improv of the actual events that, that are going to occur. So, Oh, yeah. To be fair, we didn't talk at all about the actual story. We just talked about the framing device. <laughs> yeah, So <laughs> exactly. So speaking of which, I'll shut up. I kind of explained, you know, our approach to this. But why don't you explain, Mike, what's what's the framing device? Like, what are we going to do to kind of kick this off? OK, so so, yeah, we want we want to have this be an actual sequel to Vacation. So like you had mentioned, we're going to have the same actors returning. So, you know, uh, Ed Helms will be playing. Well, be originally cast as Rusty Griswold. We'll get to that. Uh, but he'll be also playing himself. So everyone that's in this movie will be playing both the character and themselves. Uh, so obviously, Christina Applegate will come back as Debbie. Um, you know, the kids, uh, what is it, Skyler Gazondo mm -hmm. and uh, Steele Stebbins will come back as James and Kevin. Uh, Chevy and, and Beverly D'Angelo will come back as Clark and Ellen. Uh, Chris Hemsworth and Leslie Mann will come back as Audrey and Stone. <laughs> um, and then we'll have the two directors, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, playing themselves. And, of course, we have Pauly Shore. Um, so the, the concept here, like just to kick us off, so they're, they're, they're making a sequel, like we said. And they're Jonathan, uh, John Francis Daly is very much like us. He is, he is a nerd. He's, you know, for people who don't know, he was in Freaks and Geeks. He's directed a shitload of stuff. Um, he's really like, he's, he's a nostalgia nerd. So of course he's going to love stuff like Pauly Shore. He grew up in our, and he's, he's at our age. So he grew up in the same era. So yeah, he's going to have the same fuzzy feelings we have for stuff like Encino Man and Son-in-Law. So he wants to cast him in this movie. So Pauly Shore, as we all know, is not a very uh, prolific actor at this point in his career. He's barely in anything. Um, so he gets a call from his agent that, you know, they're going to be doing a new vacation movie and the director wants him. And he gets all excited thinking like, oh, shit, they recast Rusty all the time. Maybe I'm going to be Rusty Griswold. So he goes down to, to get in the movie and he's got like some stupid little bit part. And it's just like not at all what he was expecting. 
Um, and of course, you know, he's he's trying to like he's trying to steal the show. So like whenever yeah. they're whatever the, the scene is, like maybe he could be like the drug dealer for one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Like because we talked about this taking place uh, a few years down the road. So like um, what's his name? Uh, James would have been like away at college by this point. Mm-hmm. So like maybe he's like like Polly Shore is the drug dealer who deals to his roommate, <laughs> you know, because James was very straight laced and very like very much like Rusty. Um, yeah. So yeah, so maybe Polly would have this stupid little role where he's just playing the weasel, but he's like this <laughs> no, old man now playing the weasel. <laughs> yeah, he's like this old stoner. It's kind of like when you get like uh, Tommy Chong to show up in a movie for a cameo. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a certain generation that's like, fuck yeah, Cheech and Chong. And so he just randomly shows up in movies as like the old stoner who's like, you know, the weed hook of. And it's right. like, that's kind of what, you know, that's kind of what Polly Shore would be here. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, he'd be the the Chong character from that '70s show. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, you know? that's, the, that's the perfect connection. Yeah. <laughs> so let's slow down a little bit because um, you, you again you kind of set up the frame framing device. So I think we've laid all the groundwork we need to lay in terms of where we're where we're going to go. So let's kind of slow down a little bit and like okay, you know. We don't have to go through every single scene in our like fake screenplay, but yeah, Act One, right. Scene One, like you said, would be John Francis Daly or it's the real Polly Shore, you know, wherever he is living in Hollywood now, you know, he's, you know, we, again, because this is also the, the fictionalized version of these real people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know where Polly Shore is living or what he's doing on a day-to-day basis, but, you know, we could kind of pull like a Cobra Kai and have Polly Shore be down on his luck somewhere. Like, you know, we, we open yes. up on, you know, Polly Shore in Hollywood and, you know, you think, oh, it, here, here's the celebrity, you know, he's going to wake up with the dawn and walk out to the Hollywood Hills. And then you find out that he's actually like, you know, picking up dog shit in like some rich person's backyard or something, you know, <laughs> dude, I, I got it. Okay. This, this is just, just follow me for a second. So we, we, yeah, like you said, we, we open with Polly Shore. Let's have him be in a fancy upscale restaurant. Right. So we are in, we're now we're in LA, we're in Hollywood. You know, we see this big, nice, fancy restaurant. People are all having lunch and all that. We see Polly sitting there at a table by himself, eating, you know, drinking his coffee and all that. And, you know, have the waitress come up and be like, was everything to your liking? He's like, oh, it was delicious. It was wonderful. And she's like, I'll go get your check. And he looks around and he fucking ditches. He just does a dine and dash, like (laughs) takes off running. So we see that, like, he's trying to still live large, but he's poor as fuck. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then we can get like an actual celebrity cameo, like Seth Rogen or somebody who's like, hey, there he goes, that guy Dine and Dash or whatever, you know, yeah. or, or, or <laughs> he's like Dine and Dasher, <laughs> does he laugh. Yeah, exactly. He's like, holy shit, is that Polly Shore? Hey, everyone, Polly Shore just Dine and Dash. This week, you know? And then you and then, yeah, you have like a bunch of like, you know, John Francis Daly's like celebrity friends, like Robert De Niro or whatever, like they all turn their heads, you know, <laughs> it's like. Like the whole restaurant is full of like A-list stars and Polly Shore is just like running away, you know. <laughs> oh my god, I already love it. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, so he takes off, you know. He's like, you know, maybe like the the bus boy chase him. He's like some big buff dude, like chasing after him. And Polly's just like running through the streets, you know, makes a mess of himself. Maybe like trips in a puddle, gets like all dirty, nasty. Eventually, he goes back home. He gives the guy the slip, goes home. And we see he lives in like a tiny little like you know studio apartment or something, like something really like small and cheap. Um, mm-hmm. And then this is where we could have his agent call him. 
Yeah, we got we got to do the cliche too, where he like checks his mail and it's like Bill, 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 you know, and he's just <laughs> overdue, like, <laughs> overdue. <laughs> exactly. And then he sees one where it was like, you know, like you may be pre-approved, and he's like, oh hell yeah, rips it open, but it's like one of those like fake credit cards that was just like, you know, apply online. He's like, damn it, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, and and he's from the '90s, so. It's going to be real old school. And it would be really funny if in his apartment he had all of the movie posters from, like, his own old movies. Like, he's, like, really living in the past, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's got, like, one of the standouts of him as in his, like, VJ days, like, standing yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And he's got, like, you know, frame photos of him and, like, Brendan Fraser or whatever. And, like, he's got a fucking, like, jury duty poster <laughs> that's, like, you know, half fallen <laughs> off the wall, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> yeah. And and, and again, because he's old school, he's going to have like an actual old school answering machine with like cassette tapes in it, you know, and, of course. So he can walk in and he can like push the button and it's like, you know, you have, you know, three messages. And the first one is, you know, some bill collector. He skips that one. And, you know, and the second one is like his landlord is like, it's already the seventh, you know, whatever. Skip that one. <laughs> And then, of course, that third one is going to be like, hey, Polly, like, you don't know me. It's John Francis Daly, you know, whatever. And he, he maybe he goes to skip it. And then, you know, John Francis Daly is like, yeah, you make me on the tape before Polly Shore gets to skip. It, he's like, hey, you may not remember me, but, you know, I directed that Dungeons and Dragons movie and I wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, you know, me. And then he's like, oh, shit, this is a real Hollywood guy, you know. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then so like so he gets like like you know he does the whole thing like he listens to the message and it's like you know I I have a part for you in my newest movie give me a call back or have your agent call my agent you know that type of thing, and and then we 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 would just like 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 let's do a hard cut to them meeting, so like we see like Polly meeting in the office with uh with John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein and like maybe Jonathan Goldstein is kind of like oh this fucking guy and like John Francis Daly is like totally fanboying like oh my god it's Polly Shore like you're the weasel like just super exactly. excited. <laughs> oh yeah totally let's just totally play it up and and he can ha even have him be like uh Polly Shore just walks in like you know regular clothes like he's wearing like a you know I don't know, like a Baja and like khakis or something you know <laughs> of course but... he's wearing a Baja <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I was not expecting that I was drinking my coffee when you said that oh shit <laughs> oh man but yeah, but John Francis Daly is going to be like, you know, oh yeah, like, like here's the fucking weasel, like you said. But then he's like, hey man, where's your like, you know, purple scarves and stuff, you know? And, and then Polly Shore is going to be like, yeah, like that, that was kind of a character I used to play, you know, the, the weasel, you know? He's like, yeah, dude, you're the weasel, you know, munch on some grindage. And then Polly Shore is just like, okay, you know? Like, <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh my god, I, I am picturing this like playing out and I'm 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 in tears. <laughs> Holy oh, I love frick. It. Oh god. Yeah, so this is awesome, right? Yeah, to your point, they sit down, they talk. John Francis Daly is like nerding out, so we but we have to make sure that we remember that he's not going to be very clear. He's just, it's, it's going to be like, yeah, man, I got this part for you. It's so cool in my new movie. But like at no point is he going to mention that it's a small part. And because he's like nerding out and Polly Shore, maybe is like, he's both excited for a working role, but also kind of like, okay, I need to get, get away from these like drooling fanboys. So they, there's no like due diligence of asking. It's kind of like, Oh, you know what I mean? We're kind of kind of set this, set this up where the excitement of the moment you know, by the time Polly Shore leaves, it's going to be like, fuck, I didn't even ask what, what the part was, you know, or he's going to like leave with this misassumption that, oh, shit, yeah, like I got the starring role. Right. Well, it, and it should be something like, um, 
you know, it, it should be something like where he's like, okay, so the part pays like, you know, a thousand dollars a day, something like that. Like he, you know, kind of gives him the idea of like, this is going to be a, a you're going to get paid per, or maybe not, maybe a thousand dollars. That's that, that's like extra money. So like, maybe it's something like $5,000 a day or something like that. He's like, so Paul is like, Oh shit, you know, this is, this is a paycheck added to like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get paid. Like how many days is a shoot going to be like, you know, he's all excited. Like, because this is, you know, this is a guy who's completely down on his luck to the point where he has to dine and dash and skip out on bills. So exactly. suddenly he's got a job that's like five grand a day and he's he's going to he's going to take it. Little does he know he's only going to be on set for one day, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's a paycheck, but it's a small paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so like the whole time, like, like like you said, John Francis Daly is kind of he's being aloof because he's excited like he's not going into all the details he's just talking about like oh it's you're gonna be great for the role like i as soon as we had we wrote the as soon as i wrote the role i had you in my head and blah 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 and the whole time we had we could have jonathan goldstein being the down to earth like the straight man you know like so paulie yeah. <laughs> and, and jonathan and john francis daly are getting all excited and jonathan's like all right so you have to be at set at 8 a.m tomorrow <laughs> just like kind of trying to you know keep it all you know grounded so we could play that back and forth between the two the the fanboy and the straight man <laughs> yeah that's um, perfect so yeah so we so yeah we, we do the thing where we see uh Polly Shore is excited it's like his his redemption song like he goes home he's all happy and we should have one little joke like where he's like he's walking back from the bus like swinging his arms all excited and then we just hear hey asshole and he turns around and there's the bus boy and he just starts chasing him yeah exactly <laughs> oh it's kind of we gotta like cast this bus boy again it's got to be like this thing where it's we're, we're making a movie about the real Polly Shore and the real John Francis Daly and like the real Seth Rogen and Robert De Niro in the in the restaurant but at the same time there's got to be some actor who's like working there as a bus boy but yeah like some big dude like like that guy that plays Jack Reacher or something you know like <laughs> or what about Ethan Soupley now <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> dude, dude is, is like a beast ripped. Yeah, dude, that'd be so cool if, yeah, if Ethan Soupley... Plus, is, I, I, I love Ethan Soupley, so... <laughs> me too, and and John Francis Daly would love him too. He would absolutely love that guy, because you know he's like a Kevin Smith, like, View Askew fan. You, you oh, know hell he yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that'd be... So, you know, it's Ethan Soupley, like, acting as, like, a busboy, you know, like, not... He's not playing himself, so that's the weird... Right. Again, kind of messing with, like, you know, the, the mixing up real life with the fictional life, but that'd be funny. Yeah, I get this picture where it's, like... <laughs> You know, he's doing that voice like from Mallrats when he's like, you know, <laughs> when God, when do I get to see the sailboat? <laughs> exactly. Or it's like over there. That's just a guy in a suit. You know, it's like <laughs> that voice. You yes. Know? <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, so my fun. God. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but the idea of Ethan Soupley running full force straight at me is oh, terrifying. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. It's fucking gigantic. But, you know, and ripped now. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. That would be a really fun way to kind of end that scene. You know, Ethan Supley runs after him, but he just kind of whoop, whoop, whoops out of there. But then you would cut to like, okay, it's the next morning. You know, Polly Shore is going to show up on set. He's going to come in. And maybe, you know, they told him it, it was like the new vacation movie. But maybe when he shows up, he's going to like see, oh, hey, you know, Christina, like, how's it going? Remember me? You know, like, Polly from back in the day. Because uh, Polly Shore, I think, actually was on an episode of Married with Children at one point. So they yep. – 
uh, yeah, he, I just looked it up. He definitely was. So that's cool. So, he, you know, of course, she's going to barely remember him. And, you know, whatever. He's going to kind of kind of go through and glad hand the people like, hey, what's up, Sky? We haven't met, but like, what's up? And kind of like pat him on the head like he used to do with like kids in the old movies, you know. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so we're going to see that we're going to see the whole cast. And then Ed Helms is there. But he sees him last. Like Polly Shore is all excited. And then as he's like making a beeline toward John Francis Daly to kind of go find out where he needs to do, you know, he sees Ed Helms and Ed Helms just kind of like looks at him briefly, like dismisses him with his body language. But you see Polly Shore's face fall like, wait, hang on a second. Like, I thought I was going to be the star of this movie. Like, you know, you can see the wheels turning in his head. It's like, what the hell is that Ed Helms doing here? I thought you, you know, like, isn't this for me? Mm-hmm. What what if we like I, I love I love this. What if we have something like we see the the you know the chairs where it's like you know Rusty Debbie that kind of thing and like he sits down in the Rusty chair next to Christina Applegate and starts talking to her and he's you know he's all getting comfortable and then we have Ed Helms like put his hand on his shoulder and be like uh you're my chair and have him oh, then he, like turns nice. and sees him and he's like uh and you know and so not only is it like you know Ed Hel well because then Ed Helms would have a reason to be like dude what the fuck. Um, but also it would it would embarrass the shit out of Polly, where it's like everyone he just made this big spectacle out of like, hey, how are you? How are you? Like, you know, wheeling and dealing kind of thing, only mm-hmm. to be embarrassed in front of the whole cast. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. That's perfect. So, yeah, so we could have him do the, the thing like where he goes and he, he, he goes to talk to John and he's like, you know, hey, I, I, I maybe I misunderstood, but I, I thought that you, you know, you wanted me for this movie and he's like yeah yeah no we have the perfect role for you and he's like so i'm not playing rusty and maybe we could have like jonathan goldstein like laugh into his coffee but like no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like excuse nice. me and he goes and maybe john uh john francis Haley could be like we we told you it paid five thousand a day right like like that's that's not leading role money you know yeah. <laughs> kind of like one of those <laughs> almost like to show how out of touch paulie shore is with modern hollywood you know yeah and then so now he's like he's bummed and he takes a look at the script. Like maybe they're like, didn't you read the script we emailed over? And he's like, oh, I, I don't I don't check my email. Like, you know, like, <laughs> thing, like, you know, again, he's stuck in the 90s. Like we, we can even do like an Edgar Wright thing where it's like you suddenly cut and you see John Francis Daly like typing out his email address to send to Polly Shore. He's like reading it off of like an old you know, business card or something. And it says like, you know, the underscore weasel two, three, four, five, six at AOL.com. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the real weasel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. So like, then we, 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 you know, he takes a look at the script and we see, like, we do like the close up, and we see like Polly Shore and then in parentheses, drug dealer, you know, that type of thing. And have him be like, Oh, and then we shoot the scene, like maybe have like, have the, the movie within the movie where we see, um, what is it? Uh, James, uh, played by Schuyler, uh, Skylar Gazando. We see James sitting there in his dorm room, like playing his little guitar. But maybe it's still, maybe like the new one says, I assure you, I have a penis. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like his, his little brother, even though he wasn't picking on him anymore, was like doing sneaky shit, you know, because he's yeah. moving out of the house. <laughs> oh, man. So, that's amazing. <laughs> so he's, he's sitting there in his playing guitar and like his his roommate is like this total stereotypical stoner guy you know just sitting there you know he's got his headphones on like listening to some records or whatever knock at the door and you know james goes to answer it and it's paulie shore as the dealer 
you know, so we get the whole like drug deal scene where he like sells the, the roommate some weed. He offers James a bunch of shit and James is like, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, because, you know, he's <laughs> he's the straight laced kid. So we see yeah. that James is still a little nerdy. But, For sure. Okay. And of course, no, I was going to say, Polly definitely has to like, like when they answer the door, he's got to be like, what's up, buddies? You know, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. We, Skyler, you know, James is going to, like you said, he's going to be like, oh, no, none for me, you know, because he's like real fucking nervous, like you said. And, you know, maybe his like, you know, stoner roommate is like, oh, come on, man, loosen up a little bit. Like, aren't you going home for Thanksgiving this weekend, man? You got to like, you know, like you don't want to face that shit, you know, straight or whatever, you know, and it's like yeah. throw a little story in there like, oh, OK, cool. Like, that's what this is about. You know, they're he's going home for Thanksgiving. Right, and that that's perfect because then we can explain to the to the audience within the audience within the audience that we can explain to the audience, <laughs> um, you know that that's exactly what's happening. So yeah, so we would we would do that scene, and now we cut back to the making of the movie, right? So we see like you know Rusty, or maybe we don't see Rusty yet. We see um, Debbie like getting stuff together at at the house. Maybe she's like cleaning. Or whatever, and we're gonna like we're gonna cut to you know Rusty scene like coming home from uh from a flight, um so we have we have them setting that scene up and like Polly kind of offset like you know looking a little bummed like that was my big role you know, and then have maybe like Ed comes up to him and he's like you know, he's like ah don't feel so bad you know maybe you'll get your big break one day you know just kind of fucking with him <laughs> and have you know Polly get kind of pissed and then Ed be like who the fuck do you think you're talking to you fucking has been and like we see that Ed is like a real dick like <laughs> like yes. in real life he's a total kind of like how Michael Sarah was in this is the end just like a total asshole <laughs> oh yeah that'd be awesome yeah and just we have him you know uh, have Ed Helms be like you know what you know you 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 did your scene and now you can weasel on home to Hollywood or whatever, wherever you, you know, 90s leftovers go to die or whatever, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and maybe we'll, we'll have, like, you know, Polly get kind of pissed at him and be like, get the fuck out of my face and, like, shove him. So now Ed gets kind of pissed and, like, follows him. So the two of them, we I want to get them away from everybody else mm-hmm. and just, like, have Ed, like, relentlessly picking on Polly, just, like, being, like, a total bully, you know, just fucking with him. And eventually Polly turns and knocks his ass out only it goes horribly wrong so my thought here i don't know if we want to do this in like maybe maybe it's not maybe they're not on set maybe you know paulie's sitting in like his dressing room just kind of like sadly looking at himself in the mirror and that's when ed comes up behind him and claps him on the shoulder and says his little comment the two of them start to argue in the dressing room paulie cold cocks him Ed falls over and cracks his head on the dressing table or on the on the, oh. co- the counter. And like, so he like Ed dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of love that. I was thinking, you know, to, doing something where it was like, you know, they would go off like in the woods to like smoke a joint or whatever. But no, I like this better where, yeah, Ed Helms is going to kind of come to gloat. You know, he's just yeah. he's such a dick that he's going to come into Polly Shore's little dressing area just specifically just to gloat and then you know maybe he's like oh I gotta go back to my like big air-conditioned trailer while you're over here in like this broom closet or whatever like it's some 
I think it might be would be interesting too because he, he probably wouldn't have like a whole trailer, but if there was some kind of out of the way, you know, like an old storage room or something, and and that's <laughs> right. where you know they're they're having Polly Shore like get ready. So yeah, when Ed Helms comes in, yeah, he's gonna and, and maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe they're just pushing each other, you know, back and forth, and Ed Helms is like, look, motherfucker, and pushes him, and then you know Polly just you know whatever freaks out. Like maybe all the the tension and the stress and everything just gets to him, and now this fucking guy is picking on him. So he just like like I said, he just hauls off, and he, even if he just pushes them, like, look, motherfucker, he push, and then, but, you know, Ed Helms, like, dude, we could go I, gory with this, too, you know? I, I I got it. I got, oh, dude, you just, light bulbs are fucking flashing. Okay, so, so, yeah, we see Polly sitting, sitting in a chair in front of a little mirror, like, it's a little tiny mirror, there's a little, like, a little, like, table in front of the mirror, and then we see Ed, like, open the door behind him. And come and like clap him on the shoulder and, and do the whole thing where he's like taunting him. And maybe Ed like points his hand around. He's like, did you wonder or did you did you happen to think like why you were in the room with a mop? And we see like a janitor closet like he's in a yeah. janitor closet like there's a mop and a bucket and like one of those floor drains. And so now there's some water on the floor. So when they're pushing each other and Ed gets pushed, he slips on some shit in the janitor closet and cracks his fucking skull like on the shelving where they keep all the cleaning supplies. <laughs> nice. So he's like yeah. doused in bleach and shit. But, <laughs> oh god, yeah, that'd be awesome. So yeah, so you know, Polly maybe look, looks at him and he's like, yeah, "Buddy, you all right?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's just like his neck is cocked to the like a, a, an unnatural angle. He's bleeding from the ears. Like he's dead. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Oh shit! You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoa! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. So he's gonna like, uh, you know, the, slam the door shut or whatever, like you know, before. And then he, now he's gonna have this like panic moment where you know, Polly's like up against the door and he's just like hyperventilating and it's like, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know? And, and he's just like, uh, like, oh my god! And he's like. Does he touch the body? Nope, don't touch it. And then, you know, back and he's like pacing and chewing his nails, you know, this whole, you know, sort of stereotypical thing. And then at some point he's going to like look down at Ed Helms and he's going to look up at himself in the mirror. And then he's going to like get his facial expression is going to change from being panicked to like determined or Mm -hmm. like, no, this could work for me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So now he has to dispose of the body. Um, so we, like we we should have we should have a scene where like maybe we we see like the the uh, one of those racks of like wardrobe kind of outside of his his little his little janitor closet dressing room, and like he goes out and like maybe he'll do something like uh, I don't know if we want to have him dress up Ed in like a costume and do a fucking weekend at Bernie's to get him out of the building, or if we <laughs> which would be really fucking funny. Yeah, um, it would. Like, Maybe he, like, puts sunglasses on him and, like, puts him in a wig and, like, and he, like, kind of walks him out and, like, he's passing by, like, stagehands and, you know, grips and fucking, oh. uh, oh, good. At some point, yeah, like, Christina Applegate or somebody has to, like, stop him. Like, the, the, he turns a corner and, like, they almost bump into each other and she's like, oh, hey, Polly, Ed, how's it going? Ed, are you okay? And, yeah, the sunglasses and the hat and then, you know, Polly's holding him up. He's like, man, this dude just fucking loves to party, man. Like, he's tying one on. Before they, <laughs> we even get started, like I'm gonna I'm gonna take him outside to get some fresh air, and then they you know he walks away, and you see Polly's face like, oh my god, I got away with it, but then you see like Christina Applegate going, fucking Ed all the time, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 
<laughs> like god this guy can never be sober like you know yeah, just something like like he's really this asshole that everybody gets <laughs> exactly just like asshole drunk or just like you know fucking head passed out again you know <laughs> <laughs> So he walks about like let let you know he'll he'll dispose of the body in some crazy way like maybe he'll like shove him down a manhole or like put him in a in a dumpster or something like that. So he get gets rid of gets rid of the body, and then like we'll go back on set, you know have have Christina shooting her shot. We could we could have a couple other scenes where where Rusty would not be involved, right? And then have them try to call him to set and be like where is he and then have christina be like paulie you were the last one to see him you know where is he and then be like oh man we went we went out back to you know smoke a little doobage and uh <laughs> you know he's like he kind of hooked up with this chick like i don't know who she was but like they walked away together and, <laughs> and then again like when he makes up this really unbelievable story like totally fucking fabricated story have jonathan goldstein like smack john francis taylor be like i fucking told you this guy was horrible <laughs> like he's, he did this how many times on the first shoot like we should have recast like we always do with rusty oh have, yeah you know <laughs> and then have polly be like hey i'm available <laughs> so, yeah and, and of course you know they're, they're gonna kind of like you know dismiss it at first you know goldstein's gonna be like you know not you, anyone but you, you know, whatever. Right. And they're going to kind of go off, like, we go, go find this Joker. And you know, the scene, and, and we can kind of paint the picture here, too, that the scene that they were setting up is, like, the maybe they're going to do the big Thanksgiving meal scene. Because we didn't really stop to explain it too much other than talking about James going home for Thanksgiving. But the idea here is very much like in A Christmas Vacation when Chevy Chase as Clark wanted to have, like, the big griswold family christmas you know at his house like he was going to take over from his dad as like the patriarch of the holidays and that's kind of what the the take on this is for the thanksgiving movie is it's supposed to be ed helms as rusty having the big thanksgiving dinner at his house like for the first time you know like clark and ellen aren't insisting that they are that they are in charge like they're they're passing the torch you know um so maybe the scene that they're setting here is like okay this is the this is the big thanksgiving dinner scene where they're going to get all the actors to come in who are going to be in the movie get them all in early before something else can go wrong <laughs> you know like right. so you know christina applegate is there and chevy chase is there and Beverly d'angelo is there and they're all kind of milling around but you, to your point we were they were kind of shooting like okay let's get this one angle of ellen first with like the turkey or let's get this one angle over here and we were supposed to have you know all the sort of like you know close in cut in shots uh before you do the big ensemble um and of course that that all kind of fell apart so we see everybody leave and you know maybe and maybe it's like the next day so maybe we see we just cut to polly at home in his like shitty little apartment and you know we could have this introspective moment when he's like yeah i'm gonna do this like for real like that you see that in his thoughts where he's like looking around at his movie posters of all his old shitty movies except he's the star of all these movies like you know Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the difference is like you see him realizing and silently like with just his acting chops you see him realizing that yeah you know like it's my time to shine maybe he takes that jury duty poster that was falling off and he straightens it out and retapes it and takes a step back and he's like yeah, like we're gonna do this. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So yeah, no, I love that because then we we get the like his determination moment. Even though he just killed the guy and disposed of the body, he's like, you know, and it, it didn't just kill some guy. He killed a famous guy that's expected to be in a movie that he's in. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
Oh man. So yeah. So that so the next day it's like back on set and Polly Shore shows up and he's not not really supposed to be there, but he walks up to Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly and you see Goldstein just be like, hey, what, what are you doing here? Like we already shot your scene. Like get out of here, you know. And John Francis Daly, he's a fanboy. He's like, oh hey, Polly, you came back. That's so cool, man. That, totally fun if you just want to like hang out and watch man they'd be so awesome and uh, you know maybe it's like maybe we can find another scene for your character to be in later man just just chill and mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and of course you know Polly's going to be like well you know uh i heard that like ed hasn't been around you know have you guys seen him you know i, I heard he was like still missing and they're like yeah he went off on that bender yesterday it's cool like he always shows up eventually we're just trying to get some shots of everybody else and you know Polly's going to be like well you know if you just need like a stand in for, you know, lighting or, or whatever, or, you know, I can play off of, you know, Christina when you, you know, when you do her close ups, you know, and I can help out. I'm here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then John Francis Daly is like, oh, that'd be totally awesome. Yeah. You just uh, here, like memorize the lines and you can just go do the reading with Christina. So she's got someone to talk to until Ed shows back up. You know, that's going to kind of be his in, you know. Um, Perfect. Because because, yeah, we, we could have this be where he wins over Jonathan Goldstein. So it's yeah. like he, he could be doing the stand in role, like you said, but he's like he's given it his all. And like, let, let's be honest, like, yeah, Pauly Shore is a fucking doofus. But as we discussed, he made some fun movies in the 90s. So the guy actually knows how to act. And the character that we all know, the weasel that he played in all of those movies was a fucking character that a comedian mm-hmm. created. I mean, the man is a comedian. So yeah. it's like he created this character and that became his persona. So he has acting chops. So, and we're going to kind of remind people here. It's almost like uh, how Quentin Tarantino always takes like actors that haven't been in anything for in forever. And then like gives them a chance to shine. And everyone's like, Holy shit. Like they're that good. Like, you know, yeah. they just hadn't had a really good role yet. So yeah. we give him this chance to kind of like chew the scene as, as Rusty Griswold, you know, playing off of Christine Applegate and like, you know, John Francis Daly's just sitting there smiling the whole time and maybe have Jonathan Goldstein kind of like lean in and look like almost like he's noticing something for the first time. Yeah. Um, so we get we do the whole sequence with the with the, the, the you know, him as the stand in and they, they cut and then maybe have, uh, you know, Jonathan Goldstein tell John Francis Daly he wants to talk to them and have them walk off. And then we just we got to have another silly moment with with Polly. Maybe he goes over to the craft services table and he looks around and just starts fucking pocketing food. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sticking donuts and napkins and shit. And yeah, just <laughs> shoving his face. But I was going to say, too, I, yeah, I love this idea of getting to see Polly Shore as an adult who's been around for a long time play a character that isn't the weasel. And I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's a good way to approach it because that's what Jonathan Goldstein is going to see. He's only ever thought of Polly Shore as the weasel. So when you get to see him play a serious role, and even though Rusty is like a comedy character, but it's still like he's playing a real person. He's not playing he, you know, he's, some, he's some a, goof. He's a family man. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, he's, he's a, it's a comedy role, but he still has to have heart, you know, yeah. which, which uh, Ed Helms shows in the first movie. Like, yeah, Ed Helms, as we discussed off the air, he's cringy as fuck in many of those scenes as Rusty because <laughs> the is. character's supposed to be cringy. But there's also a lot of moments where it, it shines through that he's, he's a family man who loves his family. And, mm-hmm. and I think that having Polly Shore do that would be an eye opener for these guys. Yeah. And the scene that he does, it should be one of these sequences where it's, Debbie, you know, Rusty's wife, where she's 
having the conversation with him that you saw Ellen have with Clark in some of the previous movies where, you know, she's like, I know you try so hard, Sparky. And he's like, in this very serious voice is saying like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to, you know, do what my dad did when I was a kid and, you know, have the big Thanksgiving dinner with the whole family. And it's this sober moment where he's kind of explaining. And so everyone is like wrapped. Everyone is like, you can hear a pin drop listening to Polly Shore deliver this like, you know, heartfelt speech. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, it was the perfect scene. If it had just been some slapstick thing, it would have been like whatever, just some other comedian, anyone can fall off a ladder, you know, but it's right, like he, exactly. gets, he gets to do this good scene. Um, and I, I love this too, because this kind of goes back to the Charlie Kaufman twist where, you know, not only does Charlie Kaufman as a screenwriter write these, you know, kind of bizarre metafictional stories, but even though I know that he doesn't like direct all these movies, but he always ends up with actors that you wouldn't expect in these parts, like the nebbish, nerdy uh, puppeteer is like fucking cool ass John Cusack, you know, mm-hmm. and Charlie Kaufman himself is played by fucking Nicolas Cage of all people, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then in like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like at the time, Jim Carrey had done some serious roles, but I think a lot of people were blown away by how serious that role was and how he oh. fucking nailed it. Dude, I totally was like I I was one of those people because I hadn't really seen Jim Carrey do much serious stuff at that point. Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was kind of my first serious Jim Carrey role where I was like, holy shit, like he's he's really good. Yeah, exactly. I think the first one that I had seen and I had to look up like when these movies came out, but I think actually Man in the Moon predates Eternal Sunshine the Spotless Mind. Yeah, it, de- it definitely does. It, it, it does. So does the Truman sure. Show. But um, yeah. like I remember the Truman Show was one of those movies I started to watch with my sister and I got bored and walked away. Um, it wasn't until like years later that I finally gave it its proper due. And I, and I do actually like that movie a lot. Um, but it, it like I didn't see it early on like everybody else did. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, Man on the Moon. I think I said it wrong before, but yeah, for me, Man on the Moon is it's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Period. Like even when stacked up against all of his comedies, I absolutely adore that movie. Uh, yeah, and that came out like four or five years before. So even though he plays a comedian, but it's it's been it's kind of like this where it's Jim Carrey who is the comedian playing another comedian in real life, but that comedian was always playing characters and he was actually this like really serious, like smart guy, you know, Andy Kaufman. Right. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) anyway, back, back to, back to our story. So yeah, I mean, this is basically the the scene that nails it. And to your point, you know, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly, they're going to have like a little conference and you know what they're going to offer Polly Shore the part. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, you know, Polly Shore is going to be, you know, through the moon and they're going to be, all right, well, let's just go ahead and get started. If Ed Helms is going to be like a flighty no show, then, you know, fuck that guy. Like, let's let's get let's get back on set. Like, let's go, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is where the, where the next really weird ass twist is going to come in. <laughs> um, so here's how I'm picturing it. And if you're picturing it differently, you know, jump in uh, or we can, you know, kind of settle on the one that works best. But what I'm picturing is, you know, Polly Shore goes back on set again it's the big dinner scene and they're still kind of doing, you know, some like push in shots or whatever, but now Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, they're all going to kind of come in on set and, you know, kind of mill around waiting for direction. And there's a lot of voices. People are kind of talking and, you know, they're checking the lights and, you know, whatever the booms and, you know, the actors are kind of waiting and you hear all this talking, all this, uh, this chatter. And then you're going to start to hear this voice say something kind of like, Hey, but like mm-hmm. 
it's kind of in the background, kind of muted by the, you know, the din, right? And it's like, hey, me, hey, you, or like, hey, you, you know, and again, it's, you know, and you see Polly Shore kind of look around like, someone calling me like who like what is that like you know he's looking at all the actors faces and like they're all kind of talking amongst each other we're focused on polly and then you know you know maybe he turns and he's like what is that you know and and then you he, then he hears it loud and the audience hears it. it's really up in the mix where it's just like hey over here and and you see polly shore just like jump and turn and just instinctively lash out and he fucking throws a punch and he punches Chevy Chase in the fucking jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what? Let, let's, let's save that. Let's say, cause I, I got, cause there's a reveal moment that I, that I, that I was thinking about, but I love where, where you're going with this, with the, Hey, why don't we have somebody go like, like we, we have like, we're seeing the actors kind of like mill about, like you said, and maybe Chevy Chase like walks near Pauly Shore and we hear that voice go, fuck you. And Polly be like, and, and like, and look over to Chevy and be like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? And he goes, Oh, I, I said fuck you, <laughs> you know, because again, Chevy Chase, and he's notoriously yeah. an asshole, and, exactly. and he would totally do that. So I have Polly be like, All right, and like, you know, I have Chevy like shake his hand all smiling after he just told him fuck you, um, yeah. you know, and then like we, so maybe the whole time like they're doing the scene, he keeps hearing like, Hey, what the fuck, who are like, what are you doing? Like he keeps hearing, he's like looking around, no one else hears it. So we play out the scene, mm -hmm. have him go back to his dressing room, like, what the fuck? And then have him be like, hey, asshole, or like something like that, and have him look up, and this is where we get the reveal, like in the dressing room by himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, he could look up, he could see, we see Ed Helms in the mirror standing behind oh, him. Oh, yeah. Just, and, then, yeah. And we do that thing where he, like, spins around real quick, and, like, Ed Helms isn't there. He's like, what the fuck? He turns around, and yeah, in the mirror, now Ed Helms is, like, you know, bent over and he's just like yeah it's me you fuck <laughs> <laughs> you fucking killed me you asshole like and you stole my job <laughs> oh this is a really really cool like little conceit that i didn't even think about when we were kind of talking about this you know before we got started recording is mm -hmm. it would be neat if you only ever heard his voice and we couldn't see ed helms unless there was like a mirror or glass or something it would be a kind of a fun thing oh, where oh yeah you know, like he, he could only see him in a reflection yeah, exactly. And of course, they're on the set that's like somebody's house with like, you know, china cabinets and windows and mirrors and, you know, fireplaces or whatever. So there's going to be reflective surfaces. So, yeah, every once in a while, we're going to kind of like have Polly Shore turn and look and you'll, you'll see Ed Helms face, you know, like, you know, shining, you know, in like the firelight off of the, you know, like the, the glazed fireplace tiles or something all right. creepy, you know. And I just think that adds like an element of creepiness to it that, yeah, it's like fucking Ed Helms ghost who's come back to, you know, tell Polly Shore to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> so like this whole sequence before before they even go back to filming like we could have Polly like arguing with ed like you know have ed be like you fucking killed me you asshole and you stole my job he's like i didn't mean to like it was an accident like have him arguing and then we, we should do like have like christina applegate like pass by his dressing room and hear him arguing with himself and have her be like oh what the fuck every time with these guys like or something you know like every rusty they cast is insane you know something yeah. along those lines oh yeah she she should definitely say that right because you get like what is it like uh what's that guy's name galicki what's his first name the guy that from roseanne who played rusty in christmas story um, oh or christmas um, vacation uh, i forget his name but yeah I know johnny exactly. johnny galicki right johnny he's galicki big, yep he's on big bang theory and shit and, yeah and and then there was uh uh jason lively from european vacation I forget and, the guy's and, name. 
Okay. Go, I was saying Anthony Michael Hall plays him in the first movie. Yes, Anthony Michael Hall. But who's the guy who plays him in Vegas? I I, I can see the actor, but I can't think of his name. That he, is he was in Empire Embry. Records. Yes. Yeah, that's Ethan Embry. He was also in a really great movie when he was younger. He was in Dutch with yes! uh, what's his name Ed um, uh, from Ed Children. Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that movie. He, he yeah. was a really good child actor. Yeah. That's a really good movie. But yeah, so we have, we have Kresge and Applegate pass by, make her little comment. So I have the two of them arguing back and forth, and like Ed be like, you know, to the old thing of like. What you know? What makes you think you could do my fucking job? Like you're you're not a real actor, you know. And have him be like, "Hey, they recasted Rusty in every fucking movie. Why should you get to play him twice?" And they're arguing back and forth. And have have Ed be like, "If we were gonna cast anybody, it should have been Jason Lively." And then we have a ghostly Jason Lively, like poking, like eating popcorn. Just be like, "You really think so?" And then have both of them like stop and look at him. And have have Polly go. Are you dead too? And have him eat some popcorn and go, no. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, all right, bye. And he just disappears. <laughs> For like no reason. Yeah. yeah. Just because I love awesome. Jason Lively and that would be hilarious. That dude, that dude is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so, it'd be so stupid. No, I love that. I love how like silly that is. Cause like, it's, we're just like blurring the rules, you know, and even, even have Ed Helms be like, huh? You know, it's like, like but yeah and it's like whatever anyway back back to this like you gotta go you know tell these guys like what happened you gotta go tell them that i'm dead tell them where my body is you know of course Polly shores you know now he's scared but then he's gonna be like no no i'm not doing that like he's gonna you know get his spine up and be like I, this i need i've needed a role like this for 20 years i'm not giving up this is my chance at my big comeback you know and if anything, I need to pay my rent, you know? <laughs> and, right. and of course, you know, Ed Helms is like, I'm not going to let you get away with this. And Polly Shore is like, what are you going to do? You're a ghost. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you could do like the spooky, like the finger wiggle, like, you're a ghost, you dude. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> and then you just see this like determined, like pissed off, like look in Ed Helms' face, you know, like he doesn't say anything, but it's like, you know, he's thinking like, oh, I'll show you, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. And then, and that's the thing like we have Polly leave the dressing room at that point like you know straighten up his straighten up his shirt and kind of like walk out head held high shoulders back you know and Ed just like staring at him from the mirror like you fucker and have the door close and mm-hmm. then like cut back to set because there, there's a joke here that I want to do with Audrey and Chris Hemsworth character Stone so we we let's have the 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 scene where like the family is arriving to the house so we shot the you know the all the like close-ups for the dinner scene and all that so we we have like let's have ellen and clark show up and be like oh rusty you know you know get get all excited to have them come in have you know skyler come home uh obviously uh kevin would still be living at home because he was much younger like he's you know he's a teenager now um Oh, but then we can even make this running joke where he never comes out of his room. Like he's not actually in the movie. <laughs> yes. He's just always in his room and you hear like metal and like, you know, music and there's like smoke coming out from underneath the door. And like there's going to be these scenes, you know, throughout where we see uh, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen or and also Christina Applegate as Debbie. And they're going to go try to like knock on the door, you know, like, Kevin, honey, it's time for dinner. And then you just hear the music just turn up louder. <laughs> That's all you hear, you know. <laughs> That is perfect because that's that's so in line with the character. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't give a oh. fuck. <laughs> so like we have, you know, we have all, most of the family show up, but Audrey and Stone haven't arrived yet with with their kids because I forget the the first kid's name, the, the the little the little baby that they had. Um, but whatever they had, they had him. But I, I, I want remember. them to have have more kids by this point. Um, so 
<laughs> like, you know, oh, is Audrey here yet? And like, no, no, they're not here yet. And then we hear like a car backfire in the in the driveway and have him open the door. And it's a big fucking camper. The thing that I want to have here is that Stone and Audrey are basically the new cousin Eddie. Because nice. Stone was feeding his cows other cow, which gave them mad cow disease. And he <laughs> sold them. Which bankrupted him because of the resulting lawsuits, so now he's a fucking nobody. He's a nobody with a big dick. That's basically his claim to fame. <laughs> oh, and we gotta keep that get that joke going. Like even like if he get when he gets out of like the shitty camper and he's got like, you know, these old, like dirty, ripped up clothes, but you still have to have this like, you know, fucking flashlight down the front of his pants. You know, like, <laughs> he should be wearing like gray sweatpants with a hole in it. Yes. So there's just like it's just kind of it's peeking out the hole every once in a while. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And you have to have oh god, I don't even know who, but I probably, you know, Christine Applegate as Debbie. Like just you have these scenes where you see he's he's you know, he's uh, kind of pacing while he's talking or showing the camper and he's moving around and yeah, it's kinda like she's like staring at that hole, like trying to catch a glimpse and she's like, <laughs> Is it there? Do I see it? You know, and then at some point, you know, Polly as Rusty is gonna be like snapping his fingers like Debbie, come on, you there? <laughs> <laughs> we should have the same exact scene with Ellen and Clark and have, like, you know, Ellen's just staring, like, with her hand on her chest and have Clark put his hand, his arm around Ellen and be like, Ellen? 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 What are you, what are you looking at? <laughs> you know, that, that oblivious yeah. Chevy Chase moment. But, yeah, of like, course. And I want them to have a little girl <laughs> that's stone-named Pebbles. Because, you know, his name is Stone. And have him argue and be like, yeah, my name's Stone. I'm the daddy. You know, her name Pebbles. What's wrong with that? It's a it's a good, strong Christian name. Yes. <laughs> oh, and there's got to be this joke, too, where, like, in the first movie, uh, Leslie Mann as Audrey, she was joking or, like, basically begging him to, like, let me go back to work. Like, I want a job. And he's like, you know, you know, not under my roof. You know, like, he was yep. just a manly man. And now while they're, like, talking, you know, in, in this chatter, you're going to – hear audrey complain that like oh like and he won't even like get off the couch to get a job you know i have to work three jobs like i'm, I'm at the market and i'm at the bar overnight and there's no one ever around to watch pebbles you know and it's like <laughs> now she's got too many jobs <laughs> yes <laughs> well i i i love this i love that they just they became the new cousin eddie and they're just all fucked up <laughs> yeah i love it and, and i love this idea too of like if if you imagine the Razor Rentals audience, like watching this movie, you're seeing the behind the scenes stuff with the IRL, Polly Shore, but then you're also seeing them film the movie in the movie. But then also we're going to see these scenes right here where it's like, these are actual scenes from the finished movie. So there's almost like this layer, like we're zooming in, you know, to these, mm -hmm. to these like meta layers. And I love this. So we can have all these, like the funniest moments that you would get out of a Thanksgiving vacation movie without all the, you know, the, the talky scenes in between. You know? Right. <laughs> so all the talky scenes are really just the actors making the movie and Polly Shore having a fucking breakdown because he killed a man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, well, this is this is awesome. So while we have this really great scene where yes, yeah, Stone and Audrey pull up as like the new cousin Eddie, and I fucking love that. That's so perfect. <laughs> and we, we're seeing the actual you know mo uh, movie scenes, but then at some point you in like in the scene you see Polly as Rusty just be like, I told you to fuck off, <laughs> you know, just. <laughs> And then like and then we do that like quote unquote like zoom out where it's like suddenly now we're seeing John Francis Daly in like the director chair like cut like what 
the fuck was that, Paulie? You know, like he, he's looking through his script. Like that's not in the script. Like exactly. And then we we, we can't pan back pan back over to Paulie trying to like, oh sorry, you know, blah blah blah. And then you just hear Ed Helms just cackling in his ear, like ha ha, you stupid motherfucker. You know, like he's <laughs> he's just haunting him this whole time, like he won't shut up. And Paulie's like trying to concentrate, and he just snapped. <laughs> we, we should also have like after this scene, like like maybe everybody looks shocked except Chris Hemsworth, who just starts cackling. And then yeah. have, like, after the whole back and forth with the director, have Chris Hemsworth be like, dude, you were, like, my favorite actor as a kid. Like, I fucking yes. loved you. And have Polly just be like, oh, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> like, have one of those moments, too. Exactly. It's like, I, I grew up with your movies, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. <sighs> Holy shit. So, so yeah, so we have, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut – for for like whatever scene like we cut back we're gonna have to have a couple more scenes of Polly and ed arguing back and forth and like like maybe he, he goes to the bathroom he washes his face he looks up and ed's in the mirror again and he's like would you mm-hmm. f- just fucking leave me alone he's like oh no buddy he goes i'm here for the rest of your life you took my life i'm gonna take yours and like they're <laughs> just like arguing back and forth and again like maybe we could even do a call back and have christine applegate like pass by the bathroom and be like the fuck is wrong with these rusties like just like what he's talking to himself in the bathroom like his what is he doing you know um so yeah like we definitely we don't got to go through every beat but we would have several scenes of Mm -hmm. of Polly and ed arguing and it should get darker and darker as it goes along like ed is starting starting to like make threats you know and starting to like actually scare Polly. so like he's getting real nervous and like we we saw at the start, like he's got his acting chops, but now he's fucking up because he's so scared. Yeah. So oh, it so this reminds me of in the movie Ghost, right? There's that scene with oh, God, I can't remember the the comedian's name, but he plays this ghost in like the subway. He's trying to teach Patrick Swayze like how to touch stuff. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Vincent Schiavelli. He's um. He's in a bunch of shit from the 90s. But, yeah, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, nice. So there's the scene where you learn that, like, ghosts, like, can't touch things unless they try, like, really hard, right? So that's just for, like, context. So, yeah, while we have these uh, interactions between Polly and Ed get, like, darker and darker, again, we're going to go back. We're going to be filming a scene. And, again, we're, like, you know, we're in the house. They're filming some scene in, like, the kitchen where, you know, Ellen is, you know, complaining about, you know, Stone and Audrey or whatever. There's something, you know, they're having that one of those little moments, just just the two of them while the rest of the family is wild. You hear, like, you know, kids are screaming and yelling and running and, you know, maybe uh, maybe Debbie says something uh, about, like, and will you try to get Kevin out of his room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So during this whole sequence, you see uh, Polly sees ed helms in like the reflection like there's like a uh, a mirror calendar magnet on the refrigerator or something but he's seeing so he so while he's trying to have this moment where he's filming the scene with christian applegate you keep seeing his eyes dart over to the side he's like looking at this like little mirror and in the mirror you see ed helms and there's like a like a butcher block uh, or it's one of those ones where it's like a magnet on the wall with like knives stuck to it, you know, the butcher knives or like cooking chef's knives. Mm-hmm. And you see Ed Helms and he's he's just smiling at Polly and he's trying really hard. He's concentrating and you see him pull his hand back like he's going to like grab this knife. And in the middle of this like, you know, talking sequence with Christina Applegate and Polly Shore, you see Polly just be like, no. And he jumps over and he grabs this fucking chef's knife and rips it off this like magnet holder. And now he's <laughs> in the scene with a fucking big ass knife. And of course, Christine Applegate's like, yo, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> like, 
what the Ed fuck Helms is wrong is, with you? Exactly. And then you see, like, in the reflection of the knife, you see Ed Helms just, like, busting a gut, like, laughing. You know, he's like, oh, you thought I was going to touch that? You know, I can't touch anything. I'm a fucking ghost, you idiot. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. So now, of course, you know, they're going to have to, like, pull Pauly Shore aside and have, like, a talk. Like, what what, what happened, bro? Like, you got to, like, you know, keep it together, man. You know, and Jonathan Goldstein, <laughs> it would be funny if Jonathan Goldstein is the one who's still like, no, like, you can do this. And it's John Francis Daly who's like, yeah, like, it was fun and all, but, you know, maybe we can move on. <laughs> you know, like, he's <laughs> he's kind of ruining the movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, his childhood hero is, like, fucking his whole movie up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and and like you said, Jonathan Goldstein's like, no, 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 we're we're already too deep into this. It's going to cost too much to reshoot, so we're we're gonna we're gonna do this or too too much to recast. So they they keep they keep pushing forward with it, and so like let's uh, I don't know how many more of these scenes you wanna you wanna cover because uh, like I, I'm thinking like do you want to jump to the end or do you want to keep going? No, we're good. I don't think we need to do every scene in the movie within a movie we did some of the bigger ones we, we kind of demonstrated how you know paulie's kind of like losing his mind a little bit now mm -hmm. the directors are like they pull them aside they're going to have this talk and so now you see that they're kind of onto it you know and again we should kind of keep up the running gag with Kristen and applegate it's just like you know the curse of the rusties or something <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> um but but just in terms of like actual scenes in the movie i only have like one more that i want to put in somewhere it could be actually like the very end but somewhere okay. close to the end i just have one more but it takes place i wanted it to take place at paulie shore's apartment like at some point when he like leaves the set um i want to do that but then i think too we should and now that i'm thinking about it maybe it would make sense if this movie was just completely ruined like very much like an actual griswold vacation the movie right. that they're trying to make is just completely fucked because of the way Polly Shore is acting and all the other actors are like freaking out, getting scared. And, you know, hell, maybe Christina Applegate or whoever was in that scene with the, with the knife, just like storms off. Like I quit, call my agent, fuck off, you know? And it's like, right. Jesus, Polly, you know, so the whole movie production just needs to fall apart. Right. See, I, cause I, I have a, I have a scene in mind uh, for like what would would completely destroy it, but Paulie would probably end up getting arrested. So <laughs> that's yeah. where I was like, I don't oh. know if you had any other scenes you wanted to do because I, no. I have one. Let's do that. Let's have him get arrested. That actually makes my scene better. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do All that. right. So so yeah. So let's let's not have Christina storm off the set. Like let's have her be like you know like you know what the fuck like I need a minute like have her walk away you know because she's pissed and then have uh, you know Jonathan Goldstein kind of like building up Polly and John Francis Daly kind of like unsure and the whole time they're talking to him Polly keeps like darting his eyes to like you know I don't know maybe there's like a reflective surface or something nearby where he keeps like looking and we see just see Ed Helms cracking up and pointing at him like ha ha fucker you know. And like the whole time he's hearing Ed <laughs> laughing, you know, yep. so they're like, all right, all right, whatever. We have a, we have the whole cast here for only one more day. Let's get the dinner sequence shot. Let's let's do this. We got to do this. You know, maybe maybe. And one of the things I meant to mention earlier that, that I started, but I kind of forgot about is that I wanted Chevy Chase to be a complete asshole to Polly off camera. And okay. then on camera, just be like the loving dad. So yeah. it's like, 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 you know, we already had the fuck you moment and have it be like, you know, maybe before they shoot, have him walk up and like clap Polly on the back. Be like, you ready to film this? You fucking prick. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, just in that, that like deadpan Chevy chase kind of way, you know? Yeah. 
And like other people have to hear it too, because again, I don't know where you're going, but I do still want to have, I still want to have Chevy Chase just get fucking socked in the nose. Like that needs to happen, <laughs> you know? Oh, like absolutely. And but that's 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 where I, I'm leaning I'm lead, leading up to that moment. But like have have them do like they, they all get around the table and they're all getting ready to to film. And Paulie is kind of he's nervous at this point. Like he keeps hearing Ed laughing at him. Maybe like. We do that thing where he looks up, like before they 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 call action. He looks up, he sees there's a mirror in the dining room, like over the you know over like a big cabinet. Then there's there's like the the china cabinet with all the dishes in it, so that's a reflective surface. There's like the yep. silverware, like the the silver platters and stuff on the table. There's reflective, so we see like Ed Helm's face everywhere, like laughing and pointing at Polly, just taunting him. Yeah. So he's like he's sitting there breathing heavy, he's getting a little sweaty, he's getting nervous, you know. And they're like, all right, action. And then we have like Polly like pick up his glass and he's like, I want to propose a toast to the Griswolds. And like, he's like giving this like heartfelt speech. And the whole time, like Ed is getting louder and louder. Like, you can't fucking do this. You're a loser. And he's just like mocking him. <laughs> and Polly's just like, he's breathing heavy. He's trying to give his speech. And he's like, I'm not a fucking loser. And he turns and goes to punch what he thinks is Ed. And he socks Chevy in the yes. face. Yes. <laughs> and have, have Chevy like fall out of his chair and be like, what the fuck? Like just get knocked over, bloody nose, everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and now and... we we have Polly lose his shit. He's like like maybe he grabs the 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 turkey platter and throws it into the mirror, shouting. He's like, "Fuck you, fuck you! I'll fucking kill you! I can kill a ghost, you son of a bitch!" And like he's just <laughs> losing his mind. Like I'm the fucking weasel, you asshole! I'm a <laughs> Ghostbuster! Like he's just losing his mind. <laughs> and of like everybody else cowering in fear, like what the fuck happened? You know, and obviously, like that, we would we would do like a hard cut with all the actors like <laughs> being treated by paramedics. Like they got blankets around him. Chevy's got like toilet paper up both nostrils, and and Polly's getting arrested. You know, so we have yeah. like a <laughs> like dude just lost his mind and attacked the cast, and then like maybe we oh. could have have like that they found. Ed, which is maybe maybe that's what happens. Maybe the, the cops bust in on the set because they found Ed's corpse and they, they Polly's prints were on him. So they're like, you know, they put two and two together and came for him. What, what yeah. do you think? No, that's perfect. That's a good way to to combine the, the climaxes here. I think this is perfect where we do exactly what you said, where, you know, Polly is given the speech and he throws the glass down and punches Chevy in the face and then just goes on this <laughs> rant and he's like throwing shit and like, you know, smashing the glasses on the table. And, and then he's, you know, he's yelling at Ed Helms. Like, I think it's great. He's like, I can kill a ghost motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm the fucking weasel. But like, it's, it's like, it sounds scary now. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> right. I'm the fucking weasel. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he does that weird like but he exactly. doesn't like he doesn't like slow and creepy exactly like uh, i'm gonna munch you up motherfucker you know it's like, <laughs> and he's just maybe you see like he's pacing around the table and you're seeing ed helm's reflection in like the glass you know the glassware and the glass the china cabinet whatever so this is kind of this cool special effect he's like again he's kind of pacing almost like in a circle around this table while ed helm's is like he's still laughing but he's also backing up like eh, okay maybe maybe i push this you know uh, <laughs> But he's still like, yeah, whatever, man, like you're washed up, you know, like whatever, like a loser, like, you know, you had like one movie that was like, okay, I guess, you know, whatever. And it's like almost as if Ed Helms is like, 
insults are less barbed now because he's like, okay, you can stop. Like, I, you know, I, I might be getting a little bit scared too, you know, <laughs> right. it's like, you know, it's like, well, I guess that one movie was pretty good or whatever. And yeah. And then Polly is just ranting and raving and like just losing it. He's like turning into this weasel character and all, everyone else in cast is just like staring, like in total shock. They can't do anything about it. And maybe a couple of people run off, but yeah, right at this moment, you see like the door of like the fake house set gets kicked in by <laughs> by a cop and then the other cops run around the side because you know there's no fourth wall it would just be this funny scene where a fucking cop kicks down like the fake door yeah. <laughs> yes and, yeah and these, co- these cops all run in and they're just like you know like you know freeze put them up you know Polly Shore or whatever you know <laughs> and then have one cop be like I can't believe I'm arresting Polly Shore like maybe I can get his autograph first or whatever you know <laughs> Um, and then it's a, yeah, Ooh. and it's just total chaos. Yeah, and it's like you know, uh, they bust in, they arrest him, and then you know, John Francis Daly and Goldstein run over there, like, yo, what's going on? You can't just bust in here. It's like, yeah, well, uh, somebody reported, you know, Ed Helms was missing, and so we came to investigate, and you know, we found his body at you know outside or whatever. Like it wasn't even like it wasn't even hard to find. Right. <laughs> you know? His hand was actually hanging out of the dumpster. Exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, we, so we go ahead and take Polly away. But I want to insert a fun cameo here. I think it would be fun if, yeah, everyone is they're they're taking Polly away in handcuffs and have him look back at the set where the Thanksgiving dinner was and like you know all of the the actors are you know they've kind of walked away or they're you know they're all off on the side talking to cops and you see this one cop like in the scene by this table with all this and the food's like fake but you see him like pick up like a big turkey leg and like. Uh, he turns and he looks at Polly while he's holding his turkey leg up. That's again obviously fake. And you see it's fucking Brendan Fraser. <laughs> 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 but it's like Brendan Fraser as like Link, you know, from Encino Man. It's just like right. he did that, that cameo in Son in Law where he like eats that like uh you know uh formaldehyde frog and so he, yes. he just like so he just takes a bite of this like fake turkey leg and then like runs off. He literally just like runs off like, <laughs> like you saw nothing. <laughs> And the funny part about that is it could also be like you could then as the audience question, is he seeing things like because he's snapped. So, like, did that yes. actually happen or did <laughs> is he just seeing it? Exactly. Oh, man, that'd be so funny. Yeah. And then you have them. Yeah. They, so they take out Polly in cuffs. They're going to go put him in the car. And like for some reason, there's like a crowd of people, you know, who heard the commotion at like the, the movie set. And you can you see Seth Rogen and like, yeah, put him away for life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> He's a dining dasher. <laughs> That's his laugh. Exactly. Like, so like maybe he maybe he could like slap James Franco in the belly, be like, see, I fucking told you they'd get him like something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and maybe there's like uh Toby Maguire or somebody turns to James Franco and was like, What are you doing here? Weren't you canceled? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have James Franco just hang his head and walk away. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and, 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 and all have have Jeff fucking Seth Rogen go, hey Spider Man, <laughs> just kind of. <laughs> oh, and, and it would be funny if like Andrew Garfield just turns and says, like, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, it'd be so, so dumb. Like all these. Oh. I love all the cameos. Um, <laughs> it'd be fucking amazing. So yeah, basically like. 
The only other scene that I have, and again, I was going to do it back in his apartment, but I think it works perfectly well, is like in the jail cell. So, do you have anything else? Like, or I think we're, I think we're kind of at the end. I think yeah. we can, we can kind of move to that. So, um, you mentioned off the air that you were thinking of doing something kind of like a, like a telltale heart where Ed Helms is the telltale heart. And as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh dude, I have like this awesome scene I want to do. Uh, but, but, but also thinking about ghosts made me think about it too. Uh, you know, the, the ghost movie with uh, Patrick Swayze. Um, so we got to have this like tales from the crypt ending where we're going to, we see Polly Shore in like a jail cell. And he's just like laying on like a bench and he's just like staring at the ceiling and he knows that it's over. Like it's, fucked he completely fucked up his second chance i mean he's totally despairing now and <laughs> and like at first you don't hear anything because there's like music over the scene like a sad song one of those like you know slow emo versions of some old 90s song that would have been <laughs> in one of his old movies you know yes <laughs> <laughs> um and but then as the music fades and the camera is going to zoom in like from the ceiling pointed down like zooming in on Polly Shore as he's like laying on this bench in the jail cell you're going to kind of zoom in on his face the music's going to fade and then you're just going to hear Ed Helms going I'm Henry the Eighth I am <laughs> like I've been married seven times before or whatever however that song goes but yes. it's like the one that Patrick Swayze was singing to uh, uh, to fucking Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost to drive her crazy <laughs> it's like this is the telltale heart moment of Polly sure just listening to ed helms sing you know i'm henry the eighth i am i am for fucking eternity <laughs> he's, he's just sitting in his jail cell like you know knees to chest arms wrapped around kind of rocking back and forth yes. and every time he says i'm henry the eighth he's like i'm the weasel <laughs> just like <laughs> i'm the weasel, I'm the weasel. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. And then That's like, it. oh my god, to Just keep black. in line with <laughs> Yeah, to keep in line though with the with the vacation movies, we we like as the credits are rolling, and it could be this really somber music playing, mm -hmm. we see like Polaroids of like the film, but it's like mm -hmm. a Polaroid of like Polly like stuffing a body in a dumpster. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we could have a Polaroid of like Brendan Fraser eating the turkey leg looking all confused. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly and then maybe <laughs> it would be really funny too if at some point like it's like a polaroid selfie of like seth rogan doing like a peace sign like he was yes! fucking taking pictures the whole time for some reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a polaroid of like stone with his dick peeking out of the the uh to the jogging pants and both beverly d'angelo and christine applegate staring oh yeah yeah hungry <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, that'd be oh, so awesome. You, oh, there's got to be some scene with, like, Chevy Chase has, like, some, like, young actress, like, up against a wall, like, trying to, like, mack on her while she's looking, like, super skeeved out, you know? Yes, but of course, exactly. of course, like, as that Telltale Heart moment happens and we have this, like, slow, you know, like, acoustic emo cover or whatever, and we zoom in on his face and you hear Henry the Eighth, I am, I am, and he's like, I'm the weasel. And you cut to black and then it's Holiday Road. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, wait, that could be the somber song. It could oh, be yeah. like this acoustic, sad version of Holiday Road. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. I got to look up the lyrics real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't like, like, uh, uh, 
It's oh like, you know, like you just a slow, like Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, take a ride on the West Coast kick. But it would be all like, you know, sad and slow and acoustic. <laughs> and it would it would be like the, the young girl with the breathy voice, you know, like take a ride on the West Coast, kick, like that kind of thing. Exactly. But then we got to kick into like the original happy version when we show all the Polaroids of like, yeah, of you course. Know, what a wacky time we're having, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude, like. I know I say this every episode, but Jesus Christ, I want to watch this movie. I know. Yes. Come on, Charlie Kaufman. You have to write this <laughs> for real. <laughs> oh, I feel like this is one of those films, like out of all the films we, we, we've made up on this show, I feel like this one actually would, would be able to be made into a film. Like, I, I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. this is one of those projects that I could see someone in Hollywood actually coming up with. Yeah. Well, and that's why it was funny because you had mentioned this is the end. And I'm like, that's perfect. Like with Seth Rogen and Tobey Maguire and all these like, you know, sort of modern stars who are. Mm -hmm. And I'm not to say that they're past their prime, but maybe past their moment of being like, you know, the the new it actor, the new young actors in Hollywood. You know, it's, you know, a decade and a half beyond Superbad and all that. So it's like I'm not saying Seth Rogen is like the new washed up Polly Shore. But at the same time, it's like the same people who like that type of comedy would have loved Polly Shore. And now it's like, you know, you can actually see them making this movie later on in life now that they're like big hollywood hotshots it's like right they, they would make this like weird ass movie about the weasel <laughs> <laughs> oh man i i would i would fucking love this i would because yeah. again i love the vacation movies as is and to like take a vacation movie and do something so bizarre with it but with <laughs> so many fun actors like my God, that this would be a fun flick to watch. Oh, yeah, dude. The cast is crazy. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of the cast of the 2015 Vacation movie because we already mentioned, like, the main players, but there were so many awesome cameos. Like, Oh, like, God, yeah. It was like, – there was, like, Keegan-Michael Key and mm-hmm. – oh, I fucking love Ron Livingston. Oh, my God, loved him so much. Um, <laughs> right. Fucking, like, Nick Kroll and – oh, Michael Pena is amazing as always. You know, it's like – fucking even Colin Hanks at one point, I was like – I'm staring. I'm like, is that fucking Colin Hanks? you like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and then, of course, even John Francis Daly himself is a, has a cameo at the end. Uh, he's, like, the guy who is, like, running the ride, uh, the yeah. roller coaster that they go on. So, yeah, I loved watching the movie just trying to, like – look at the other characters in the background and fucking Norman Reedus, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh it's my so, God. Yeah. It, it was so good. One of my favorite jokes in that movie though, is super subtle. Um, it's when they're going to the hot spring and I mean, anyone watching this movie could see the hot spring coming a mile away that it's going to be. Oh bad. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when he's talking to the local who has the rat on his shoulder and he goes, <laughs> what's your pet rat's name? He's like, what? And he see, and he freaks out. And But his reaction, he goes, I don't know him. And he runs away. <laughs> I know. Dude, I had to pause the movie. I was in tears. <laughs> Fuck it. I, do, I was laughing, too. I was like, I don't know him. It's such a perfect line. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, shit, a rat. But it's yeah, like, I, I don't, don't know I, him. He's not with me. <laughs> it's so Oh, oh man. man, it was so fucking funny. Like, I did not expect that movie to be as funny as it was, because, like, I missed it when it first came out. I remember seeing the trailers going, oh, yeah, that looks good. I like the vacation movies, but I'm like, eh, do I really care about a legacy sequel or a requel? I'm like, eh, maybe one day. And when we were talking about this and talking about the vacation movies, I was like, okay, you know, finally get, finally have a reason to watch it. And mm, my same. God, dude, I was like, yeah, there's moments where it's like, ooh, that's awkward and uncomfortable, 
but so many of the jokes were fucking hilarious. Like when they first showed up at Audrey and Stone's house and they're trying to like wipe the, the spray painted dick off their car. <laughs> and, and Helms is like, spit on the ball, spit on the ball. He's like, he's like, I got the head, you get the sack, you know? It's like, and they're spitting on their hands and rubbing it. Yeah. And Stone just goes, I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Oh my oh, God. God. There were, yeah, there were so many great scenes like that. I, I, I definitely think it was mostly successful. There's a couple of scenes. Well, there's a couple of maybe sequences where I'm like, okay, this is getting a little bit like formulaic. It's like, you know, yeah. one one more pratfall after the next. But yeah, I, I was super impressed with it. I agree. I had no interest in it when I first saw that they were remaking it, even though I like Ed Helms and Christina Applegate. But mm-hmm. mostly because I could just picture Ed Helms. I, I, all I could picture was his character, Andy, that he plays in The Office. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's all you were going to get for like an hour and a half is this is the character of Andy. And I'm like, as much as I love The Office, Andy really gets old, like his his like doofus, like brainless personality. And so I was expecting that. And that's that is exactly what Ed Helms did. And so, yeah, I, I think I liked Rusty as a character the least. And I liked the stuff that was happening to him the least. But everything yeah. else that was happening to his family, you know, and, to, and with Stone and everything else, I was like, this is definitely like underrated. Uh, oh, I wish I would yeah. have seen it a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. The Debbie do anything moment was fucking great, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I loved how, like, that was such a great twist because you were expecting it to be like, oh, shit, like, mommy's got some moves. But no, she just immediately <laughs> fucking yaks everywhere and falls on her ass. It's so good. <laughs> she fucking face plants in her puke and then gets up and keeps going. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> And then, and then later on in the car, when like her look of like abject horror slash like hangover, it was it was so good. It was just so perfect. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, yeah. I I really did enjoy that movie. One of the things that I I couldn't stop laughing about was uh was Rusty's explanation of what a rim job was. Where he's like, <laughs> it's it's a closed mouth kiss, like the rim of your lips, and then. <laughs> At the end, like when he he goes, hope you're not too old to let your dad give you a good night rib job as the other guy's walking up and he just turns around and walks away. Yes. Oh, God. It was. Yeah, it was. It was definitely good. It was it was over the top. It was silly, but it was what you expect, I think, from a vacation movie. And yeah, I I was I think maybe laughed more in that movie than I have at any of the other vacation movies like actual genuine belly laughs like they yeah. fucking nailed uh, you know the humor for sure oh hell yeah dude I was I it's, it's totally underrated like I don't hear enough people talk about it but you know oh, yeah. this I would love this <laughs> <laughs> me too I want I know I want to see a uh, Polly Shore's Thanksgiving vacation <laughs> this year <laughs> right add it to the rotation oh this is so fun yeah this was this was definitely i i think we did it mike i think we pulled it off i think we were successful in doing a a podcast episode about a screenwriter writing a story about a real celebrity making a fictional sequel to a movie where the character the main character is haunting him like the telltale heart like there's so many layers i think we pulled it off though i i would say this is probably one of our strangest concepts but uh yeah i i had a blast i think this this is i was looking forward to this episode once once we kind of landed on the concept 
I had mm-hmm. no idea where it was going to go other than like a few story beats. And man, I, I had fun. I, I thought this yeah. was a really fun episode. Me too. Yeah, I love this one. Yeah, this is definitely another one where we had to do some prep work just to make sense of it all. Like, to, you know, <laughs> mentally make sure the pieces were in place. But man, it was not only was it a blast, but it it came off so smoothly. Like, we, yeah, we went we went through it. We pretty quickly everything seemed to be gelling you know i don't think we had really had any moments we were like oh fuck what do we do now you know i think we we tend to do that at least once in most episodes but this one was just like we knew exactly where to go next and yeah i loved how uh, naturally it came seeing as how complicated the overall pitch was like you can't explain this to somebody you know in like an <laughs> elevator pitch you know right i i actually tried to to explain because one of my my coworkers uh start has started listening and she asked me what we were going to be doing for uh for thanksgiving and i said uh, i don't know how to explain it exactly i said it's going to be a sequel to the 2015 vacation movie but it's about the making of the movie and starring Polly shore but it's kind of horrific and she was like what <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you'll just have to wait and see because yeah. I don't know the full story yet. I just know the concept. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what's so fun about the show. That's what makes the show fun for for me at least. Is oh hell I yeah. love I love just you know it's like a a challenge. I love the challenge of you know throw down the gauntlet of like see if you can make this work, motherfuckers, and you know just having <laughs> some fun with it. Yep, and we will be doing something like that again in December, which I am excited oh. to. To see, but that one's going to be a little scary because we aren't going to know shit ahead of time. Um, it's going to be it's going to be frightening. So, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. We've been saving that one for the end of the year, not just because it's the Christmas special, but also because it's the single hardest like blind challenge we've ever done. Where yeah, yeah we're it's going to be similar to our mousetrap episode, the uh, who's improv is it anyway, mm-hmm. but it, even harder. And that one was wacky because that was a story told through a randomizer, but this one's <laughs> going to be even worse. So yep. I'm definitely scared for it, but I'm also really, really excited because I, I can't wait to see what kind of like wackiness comes out because that mousetrap episode was fucking bizarre. <laughs> just like, just like the one we did today. But it was so much fun. And I think that's that's the thing. Like, as much fun as I had with our trick-or-treat episode last time, um, because it was just a fun story, and and I and being a huge fan of trick-or-treat, I want to see a sequel, and I'm excited that they're making one. Um, so that was fun. But I, I love when we can do these types of episodes where they're so strange and bizarre, and I'm like, I don't know where it's going to fucking go, but let's let's go. Let's try. Yeah. You know, so that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, but, totally so agree. December is going to be cool, but we still have one more be- before that. So that's right. The next episode is going to be more of a return to form. It's going to be a straightforward horror story, probably a movie where we're going to take something that should have been better and we're going to actually improve it. We're going to improv improve it, you know, which is <laughs> yep. what we started off doing in the first place when we started the podcast. So it's going to be, like I said, a return to uh, our old school style. I won't say easy, but one kind of like simple reprieve before we dive into <laughs> uh, the fucking meat grinder of the Christmas special. Um, yep. 
and then when we come back in 2024 for our season three, we have a couple of non-horror, non-spooky topics, so we can kind of like you know lay off on the darkness a little bit, but not for too long because there's already a scary one on the list that's going to come pretty yep. early. So, but but I'm actually I'm I am looking forward to having some more guests on the show as well. So the next handful of episodes I think are going to be pretty awesome. Oh hell yeah. Totally agree. So with that, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. You can find us online at RaisedByRentals.com and at Raised by Rentals on all the socials. We belong to the Red Pantheon, a super team of podcasters, artists, musicians, all kinds of creative people supporting each other to help spread the gospel of rad stuff. So if you like this show, there's a great chance that you'll dig one or more of the other Rad Pantheon teammates and their creative endeavors. So check that out at radpantheon.com and at radpantheon on the socials. What did you got, Mike? Uh, yeah, check out uh, The Boogeyman's Closet. It's my one of my other podcasts. Uh, I'm also part of the Rad Pantheon, but Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we are currently on a pause. So by the time you hear this episode, there's only going to be one new episode coming this month. Um, but we do have our return to form in December with uh, Christmas Horror Round 4. And uh, we have some doozies on there. So I'm, I'm excited to, to cover some of these flicks. Um, but yeah, check that out. And also Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Creepyhead with a K. Also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And that's just a wacky show where three grown man children talk about toys and bitch about pop culture. Yeah, it's always, always a lot of fun. You guys had some cool guests on in a recent episode. Uh, mm-hmm. so, that, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, Mike, I haven't voted for the Christmas horror yet because I haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, there's some good ones on there. You, I, I think you need to watch Violent Night. I think out of all of them, you'd like yeah. that the best. Violent Night is one. It's I, it's on the list for sure. The only reason I haven't watched it yet is we missed it when it came out, and I've just been waiting for like Christmas. And uh, yeah. lately, we've been, we've been getting Griffin to watch more scary movies, just like I started with Tegan several years ago, uh, mm-hmm. who's now now 16. But we kind of eased into scary movies. You know, both my kids started a little bit later. Now Griffin's 11. And we've been kind of going back to hitting some of the classics. We just watched Alien yesterday, the original, and he loved that. Uh, so you know, that's kind of kind of been taking up our movie watching time. But for sure, when we get to December, Violent Night is on the list. I can't wait to see it. So I definitely want to see that one. But in terms of the other ones, I don't know, man. I almost want to say, like, fucking take my vote as like a Hail Mary for a, a tiebreaker or something. I don't know, <laughs> because <laughs> I'll still be listening, but I don't know, man. I'll be honest. I'm I'm shocked by some of the ones getting love. I really thought Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 was going to get a uh, a lion's share of the votes. It's gotten one vote. And I, I do think naked Clint Howard is a deterrent for most people. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I was surprised. Like a fucking ugly Christmas sweater. Or, uh, yeah, ugly Christmas sweater party. and um, Or ugly sweater party, whatever it's called. Um, and Christmas cruelty are both getting a lot of the votes and I'm like, I haven't watched either of these. I've just read about them and watched the trailer. And I know Christmas cruelty is, is all it's dubbed because it's a foreign film. Um, but yeah, both of those are getting a lot of love. So I'm like, shit, all right, maybe we'll be covering some weird flicks this, this month, but any of the picks I, I would have been happy with. So I, I, I'll be honest. The one I really want to watch is the mean one. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. David Howard Thornton um, Grinch slasher movie um where he plays the grinch and um (laughs) he's the guy who plays art the clown so i'm like i want to watch it but i know it's gonna be like i heard it's really low budget and cheesy but the kills are great so i was like i don't care like we're we're at the 
like the bottom of the barrel with Christmas horror at this point. <laughs> yeah. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you might not even be able to do a Christmas one coming up pretty soon. Like you're gonna right? run out of creepy Christmas movies eventually. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Well, yeah. So I'll definitely check those out. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go play some votes. But anyway. Thanks once again for joining us. Visit us on the socials, drop us a line, leave a comment, leave a rating. Let us know what you think we should improv, improve next time. And with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we have to return some videotapes, buddy. edge because i'm wheezing on your grind it's just chill because if i had the whole brady bunch thing happen at my pad i'd go grind over there so don't tax my gig so hardcore cruster <laughs> 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 <laughs>